and welcome back to the BoxCast podcast. Today we're talking about how to train your dragon. I mean volunteers. Train your dragon? Woohoo! No, but we're going to talk about training volunteers and the importance of automation because that's, that's it. Cue that intro. All right. Well, we're so glad you guys are here. We have... The Train Your Dragon was just phenomenal. So I guess we do want to talk about how to help train your volunteers to make them the most productive that they can be when it yes. comes to your productions and your live events. Absolutely. The biggest key piece here is making sure you play to their skill level. And by that, obviously, some people are going to have a lot more electric background if you've got like a Gary or myself or Josh and Wade, but you also may have someone who's newer to the team and they're like i want to help but i don't know how and mm-hmm. it's like where do we start what do we do and the first thing right there is like understanding basic terms if you don't know what pan in pan out are or you know let's move you know switch to this what's live right. what's you know in the queue what's in preview like there's a lot of things that like you need to know like is the audio on we're rolling if you don't even know that then we really gotta start there but usually people who come want to be volunteers they've got some knowledge they've, they've at least seen it enough or they've heard it or they've done some research if they're really aspirational and they really want to get in there they're gonna know so we're gonna start with your volunteer knows the basic terms of video streaming you know they know what a camera is they know lenses they know audio all that jazz stuff but they want to help in your production but you don't want to get them Two in over their head. Right. Starting them on a basic level is probably the most key thing here with, yes. when it comes to outside of terminology. Starting your volunteers on probably the simplest piece. Like, I can tell you in a house of worship atmosphere, I've had this happen dozens of times, where we we get an individual who says, hey, I want to help in your production. I want to be part of the live streaming team, mm-hmm. or I want to be part of the Sunday morning service team. Yes. And uh, the, our pastor calls them the media team. I don't like that term, but whatever. So <laughs> we, we bring them in and like we have many different aspects to our, our not just our live stream, but to our services like mm-hmm. most house of worships do. Yes. And so we want to bring them in on something that's easiest. And usually that's like slide presentation um, on having them learn that. But once they learn the basics of that, then we can begin to build them up. Yes. And I think that's a key aspect to a volunteer trainer or to a person who's in charge of volunteers absolutely is building up your volunteers yeah if you've noticed that they aren't flipping the slide when it's queued up like if they're struggling to keep up with the speaker and you're like they're like hey next slide and they're like over looking at the ceiling on their phone obviously that's not going to be a great experience however if they're like attentive and they have picked up that like there are some cue notes and like when they say spaghetti then you go to the next slide and they they are on it obviously they've gotten the hang of it and they're ready to move up and from that point it's like okay where do we go next and that might be basic audio just like learning the toggles making sure the mics are on and off that might be well audio reinforcement it could just be video reinforcement yeah it could be manning a camera if, mm-hmm. if you have people who do that you you have someone who might just be helping set up to learn the ins and out of the setup if you don't have men on camera all of that type of stuff like you might have them interact in that way yeah there's a lot of different aspects and in with especially with building up you know you want to build up their skill level you also kind of want to build up their confidence as yes, well 100 percent. encouragement and feedback are probably the most important things i learned very quickly that getting frustrated because something happened in our production <laughs> and then 
I don't want to say retaliating, but like turning it on to the volunteer, like, why didn't you do that? That didn't work out so hot. No. It wasn't the best option. It's probably not their fault. And if it is their fault, yeah, but they're learning. But it's also your responsibility as yes. the leader to make sure that they're fully understanding and cognizant if, of what's happening. If I'm switching for Josh and Wayne and they're doing a webinar and they have not told me how to use their switcher or when they want me to cut to whatever's up on screen, I'm not going to know that. And so like, Wade and Josh at that point can't really get mad at me. Well, they, they can, can but, but it's like it's, there was the two way street of communication of like, I didn't ask and they didn't tell. Right. And you've got to make sure that you right. cut that completely out when you're training someone because you want them to feel as confident and as knowledgeable as you are when, or even at you were at that stage or you are now like, I mean, there are still so many things that I learn every day working with Josh Wade and Gary and just how to do something better. But if I wasn't in the environment where I have as exposed to this every day, I probably wouldn't know that. If and that's the difference, because a lot of volunteers they're in once an hour a week, every other week, yeah. once a month, depending on right. their schedule, your schedule. So like with that, how do we take something that like if you had four hours you could train them on perfectly, totally fine. Mm-hmm. But you have one hour a week for the next month and a half. How do you chunk that up? How well, do you how do you eat down? an elephant? Yeah. Piece by piece, right? So you go one piece. So it's the same concept there. You, you know, especially in the house of worship. That's primarily where I'm at is house of worship. I, I do yeah. a lot of production in that that space. Josh and Wade will do small business, you know, um, organizational kind of things. Maybe some sports events, but um, and I know you've you've handled some of those in the past yes. too. So like in that regard, with at least with the house of worship for training volunteers, we take it piece by piece. We don't start them off with the hardest thing. We start no. them <laughs> we start them off on like video presentation, like like the slides, and then we we start teaching them different aspects of a different portion of our of our you know production setup. I usually and just this is just me, but I usually leave audio reinforcement last. Yes, um, I think it's probably the heaviest topic. <laughs> Um, it's the hardest topic. It's the most complicated topic. And you also have to gauge with that, not only a person's interest for oh, whatever they're doing, but you actually have to gauge their skill level and their yes. skill set. So audio reinforcement, to give you an example, Danielle, like um, if somebody can't hear something specific that we're trying to point out to them, then it, it makes it really, really more difficult for them to right. learn how to do they can't that. hear that ringing or they can't right. hear that that tone or um exactly. the frequency like yeah, if there's some feedback or something yeah if, yeah they're gonna have a hard time noticing it yeah. without you and they're gonna be like why is there so much feedback on this and like there wasn't feedback i was listening to it the whole time and you're like oh okay right and we have and that's that, okay we've had that happen where somebody might think um the kick drum is like perfect but really the kick drum is overbearing and it's mm-hmm. it's hot now again there's there's a little like there's little nuances there where somebody might hear something a little more la- or less than the other person i like to call that flavor because it really is because <laughs> it's to each other it's their flavor yeah. like it's what they hear it's what they like <laughs> you know i get that but in turn when you're training somebody having them understand how to use the equipment use the software and then put an put their own flavor into it is important so oh absolutely we got to make sure our volunteers feel confident in what they're doing that it's okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. mistakes do happen and you want them to make mistakes because yes you want them to learn from that exactly you don't want to scold them don't yell at them don't put them down be like hey instead of doing x we should have done y remember for next time like right. it's 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 all about that coaching mentality if you ever had a coach when you were playing little league or in high school or college like if they yelled at you were like that sucked don't do that you were like 
really defeated. You would go home and you're like, God, I'm, I'm horrible at this sport. I don't, I'm not good. Like I should just quit. But you had someone that said, Hey, you were really good at X. We could definitely tweak Y. And then from there, you're going to get Z. And you're like, Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks so much. Like you're feeling you're going home and you're like, how can I fix Y? How can I fix Mm -hmm. X? Like, what can I do? You you're empowered. You're excited. You're, you're more engaged. Well, see, that's the big thing about being a volunteer too. There's not only is there engagement from the person who's training or the leader of whatever's training, but there's also got to be engagement from the volunteer. Yes. Like there has to to want to do it. Exactly. There has to be a willingness. If they're forced, they're, they're not going to, yeah. they're going to sit there. They're going to be stagnant. They're going to be like, okay, let me know what you need. Maybe on their phone, maybe reading a book, you know, like, yep. or like trying to talk to somebody else and distract them. And that's, that's not what you want. Like, obviously, you know, there are times where you may not have as many volunteers that want to do it mm-hmm. like full on as much as you do. So you have to kind of pull in someone who's maybe not as excited, but with that, you still have to have the same method. You have to have that encouragement and that feedback and be like, Hey, Tommy, I know this isn't your favorite thing to do, but like, I'd really appreciate if you could help out. Like you've done a good job in the past. I know you can do this. Like, let me know what you need help with. And like, then you go from there. Well, on that, on that note though, and because I have, I have several volunteers that we work with on a regular weekly basis. One of the, one of the things I have to also remember is like when we get a volunteer who comes in, it's like, Hey guys, I really want to be a part of the team. I want to help. Um, it's, how do I say this without being rude? It's okay to, if you have a lot of volunteer requests, it's okay to assess a person on the level that they're doing and how well they take directions and how good they are about listening and following the methods and, (laughs) and picking up the skill. It's okay to filter those people out who just can't quite make it there. Or in terms of finding a volunteer, finding the right position for a person as well. Cause each person is going to be way different in their aspect. So you have to be as a leader um, of these particular organizations and particular teams as a leader, you have to be willing to put a, put away your pride yeah, and, and put away your perfectionism and, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a big one. Yeah. And put away <laughs> your analyticalness because yeah. I'm super analytical and realize that not everything is going to go according to plan, but right. also it's a direct reflection of you as a, as a leader on how to actually train people and how well they do. Yeah. And to that point, when I was in college, we did like a weekly news show and anyone who was in the, in the major in the program had the opportunity to come in and work on different aspects, whether it was being anchors, whether it was running the camera, whether it was directing, producing, running the switcher, running audio, running the graphics, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. you had the chance to sit in whatever one you felt comfortable with or train something with new. Like if I was coming in new, fresh freshman, little little baby Danielle coming in. I'm obviously going to sit next to someone who's probably a junior senior who's been doing this for a while and ask questions and learn. Obviously, like people, when you're recording, they can't hear us up in the audio booth unless we talk to them. And so like, a lot of the time it's like, hey, why did you switch that? Or why did we do this? And it was a really hands-on learning moment. Yeah. But from that point, though, after I've I touched every base, I picked which ones I liked. And it, and it showed. It showed that I loved directing. I loved telling people where to go and move. That's, that's <laughs> not surprising at all. No, it's not. But no. I also really loved switching. And not I really loved audio. Because yeah. I didn't... Like, camera manning is fine. But I got bored just standing there <laughs> watching. I wasn't... I didn't want to... I didn't feel the attentiveness of wanting to stare into the screen and move slightly, whatever someone told me. Like, 
I wanted to be more interactive in th- than that. And that I found that because I was given the opportunity to try all these pieces. And so with that, it really helped shape what I really like to do. Like I'm obviously clearly comfortable in front of the camera here. I have no problem speaking to the mic. I have no problem being in the background. If you know, everyone needs me here. To She's a really stuff. good producer. I know that. <laughs> What, and so the biggest thing is, and then a lot of the times with producing, it's really coordinating everyone. Yeah. And yeah. like, you need someone who's attentive to detail at that point. And if someone is not attentive to detail and they're like, I want to do producing, you're like, maybe you should switch to audio, Gary. It's learn. It's like hurting <laughs> cats at that point. Yes. Yeah, and it, it is. And it's one of those things that like, when you find your niche, you're so like hyped. You're like, oh, I'm so good. Like, I mean, after a while, I was a radio DJ in college for two, three years because I found that I really liked audio. Like, I loved being on camera. I had no problem doing it. I did a couple like fun like talk shows and like different things and it was great. But I loved being on radio because I love music for one. And two, I got the chance to just like give it that flavor of my own. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest piece for me was like being able to make it mine without losing the aspects of everything else that's happening. Right. And when you're a DJ, you only need one or two people. You don't need a whole crew. So right, that's true. it's also a lot easier to coordinate at that point well, too. And the whole understanding of training volunteers is because, you know, inevitably in the end, you're going to upgrade equipment or, yes. and, or you're going to downgrade equipment or you're going to move to a different piece of equipment that has a different piece yeah, of or our aspect or move locations. And, you know, <laughs> There's no benefit, honestly, there's no benefit in being a sole person. No. But I will say this. If you are the sole person, and I'm talking to you, that <laughs> the leader of that ministry or the leader of that organization, this is your only thing that you do because there's nobody else to do it. There are some things that we can help you with and help you understand that make things a little bit better. And that's called automation. Yes. And oh, I, I love automation. Automation <laughs> is great. Uh, it's not quite as like Judgment Day Terminator. <laughs> it don't so don't go down like you know you know Skynet is turned on and we're all in trouble. But automation no. does help in regards to making sure that things do go off when they're supposed to. Yeah, it's that checklist. It's that it's that piece of the puzzle that if you forgot it one time, you know it's going to be on. Like if you forget yeah. to hit go live, but you scheduled all of your podcasts in advance, they will go live at that time. And that's what you want. You don't want to be right. starting a production and being like, oh God, right. we did not hit go live. And they've been talking for five minutes and now we have to stop them and <laughs> redo that. I've had that happen. I've had that happen. So automation is like one of the cool aspects of bringing in some preset or easy setups that make things go off without having to have three or four people. For example, I'll give you a quick one. Part of automation would be like using, instead of using traditional cameras, would be using PTZ cameras where the sole operator can be at a controller unit, select the camera they want and move things. Move knobs, hit buttons, done. You know, other automation tools would be like with your live streaming is automatic start and stop. Yes. Um, Now, Sorry, shameless plug here, but for BoxCast, <laughs> that's what our software does. Yeah. Our our software and our backend has auto start and stop. Yeah, so we have you, scheduling so you can schedule for, I think it's like up to like, what, 70 something streams in advance or something like that. A, yeah, you can do 100 of them in advance, right? Exactly. Yeah. So but you can start your broadcast at 10 a.m. and tell it to end at 1230 p.m. and it will start and stop using our encoder. So there are other softwares and systems that do that as yes. well. Um, but automation is probably one of those things that you should look into if you're a sole proprietor or a sole user. Yeah. Um, it's going to help out quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think about some of the things that like 
not necessarily automation, but like that tip and trick that can just help you get there is like you tape line where you want your audio to go. You oh yeah, mark cues on the floor. But if you get someone new, you have to like teach them like, hey, you can only walk from this X to this X. But in terms of when you're producing it, if you're in the studio by yourself or just in like a small room or a closet or the table in the back, if you've got things that like you can literally just hit on and off, that makes so much stuff Mm -hmm. simpler. Mm -hmm. Like if you know that the audio levels are for, for Josh is always a six and Wade's always a four, you can have that set and you know that they get mic one and two and you call it a day. That's still automation in terms of the process. You have already gone through and you have repeated that over and over again that you know that at that point, honestly, it's probably like you just mindlessly go over and move the knobs up and call it a day and then you walk away. But like you've now automated yourself to do that. Right. It's the easy setup process prior to an live event or prior to an event. Yes. yes. So, I mean, and nobody's saying you're like Daniel are not saying that this won't be have some sort of labor behind it. Like, <laughs> right. There has to be like you have to put in. You can't it. just plug and play and walk away. Right. Like, well, in some cases you can, yeah, but like yes. these, you don't want like you don't have that that need for massive labor. Once you've got right. a set, you're good to go. Yeah, if you've got one camera, you can totally do the plug and play and let it go. Vibes. Absolutely. But if you're looking for multicam, you're looking for presentation. You've got multiple speakers and presenters. Yeah. Like you're going to need things that help you just one step above. Like you have that checklist. You want to like deplete you know, 30% of that that's to automation. That's the goal, isn't it? Yeah, that's the goal is like not having 50 things to do, yeah, but only having- Yeah, those checkboxes are already checked when you come in on that 10 things to do. Yeah, exactly. And that's the cool thing about some of the news tools that are coming out on the markets. Like you've seen, probably maybe you've seen online or through ads or whatever, you've seen these camera setups that are tripods that are motorized and they can track a person oh, automatically, yeah. right? Like, I so, mean, I think the new, the new like iPad Pro has that for presenter mode. Like you can like turn yeah, it on. Yeah, it's got a presenter mode. Yeah, and the, it will the, new the, software. the inside the yeah. camera will do that. Like I, I always huge, succeed in these yeah. Huge. And it'll be great because then it, it automatically, you know, so in software it it moves and it tracks. But like, there there are going to be tools that are coming out soon that'll help with that. Um, I know with Boxcast, like we make it super easy to get up and running in a matter of minutes. Oh yeah, I mean saving your settings. That's a, that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. If you go in and you have to manually set all of your settings every week, that's 10, 15, 20 minutes of your time that you are now just wasting. If you can literally hit save and it's a pre-save, preset, better. Like, obviously, being a millennial, I love good presets on like Instagram and stuff. But like, that's so much nicer because it's like, oh, hey, just tell me what filter I need to use and I'll use it. Like, because yeah. I don't have to sit there and play with the color and the brightness and the sharpness. Like I don't have to go through in that manual process anymore. It's just there. Presets are amazing. And and like for video switchers, they have, um, once you've done the small middle work that comes to setting things up, you save it. The Some video switchers like the A10 Minis all save those pre, in a preset and it's done. And all you do is one button click. Like I can tell you that we use an A10 Mini at our church mm-hmm. and I have set it up that literally a person does not have to do very much work. <laughs> they have all their cameras coming in and all they have to do is hit this button and it's a transition button or hit you know, the live now button and everything fades and, and moves and cuts or bring, brings in a presentation. So the automation of that, that's automation. And yes. so all of that is made easier by that uh by that pre-work yeah we're not throwing it back we had to like rewire which camera you want in the preview and yep. live you literally just hit the button right. call it a day there's one last thing i want to just kind of briefly hit or, real quick and that is the fact that you do all of this right you start training you do all of this work 
But there's an important piece that I I even forget as a you know a leader in our space is that you got to tell people how all this stuff is connected. <laughs> you got to show people how to actually get it to where it needs to be and how to set up automation because and how then to tear it down. right here at Boxcast we call that tribal knowledge. <laughs> uh, like yeah, there's a lot of tribal knowledge that people have that they self-contain, and so it's important as a leader that you get that out as well yeah i mean if josh and wade were to walk away tomorrow we'd be like how do we do the setup like we know what the setup is well, but it's would, like they would call us yeah they'd be like hey can you set this and up and we're now? now videographers yeah perfect promotion vibes but in reality though like if gary were to leave his house of worship you hope that someone has you know taken all of the the things that gary has said and absorbed it but if they haven't they're going to be like, mom, can you pick me up? I'm lost. Like, right. There's a reason that certain things are set up the way they're set up for that right. reason. Right. Yeah. If you go on vacation, you want to be able to have some, make sure that like Joe can run it. You right. Don't, exactly. And like, yep. you don't want, you don't want to be needed as oh, that's funny. a leader. Yep. It's funny you you don't that. want to be yep. needed. You want to be there when someone just needs that guiding voice, I, that little angel on the exactly shoulder. You don't want them to be like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? And it's like, okay, eventually it's like, can you just do it yourself? Because one, you're going to get frustrated. But two, they need to learn how to do it because it's not like you doing it for them. It's not going to help. It's the whole give a man a fish. I'll eat one day. If you teach a man a fish, I'll eat a lifetime. Like, yeah, it's that vibe. And you needed to keep that knowledge going with your volunteers because exactly. if you don't pass that on, it dies with you well, in a sense. That tribal or, knowledge gets taken away. And yeah. it gets taken away. Yeah. You don't get that back. You have to awkwardly call them and be like, hey, Gary, I, I know you left or I know you're on vacation at Disney World. Can <laughs> call, you help me? Yeah, right. Well, I call that the uh, I called that the first time I did that. I called that the sticky note syndrome because I literally took sticky notes out the first time I went on vacation. We literally just bought a brand new audio console. It was a Behringer uh, X32. It's a digital console. It's beautiful. I know how to work it extremely well, but I had trained maybe 20% of the console on pe with people and nobody knew how to operate it, but I took out a ton of sticky notes and I wrote notes on them like, turn this up, turn this over, turn this on, this Arrows. button goes here. Tape. Right, exactly. And so that way they had some sort of, you know, some sort of guide. But, yeah. And then they were calling me, but this last vacation, kid you not, Kid you not. This last vacation, I think I had two sticky notes and a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, it said, do not call Gary. Yes. I, because my volunteers have now gotten to a point where they're like, okay, we've done this enough. Someone has to have we that. We got it. Someone is like that. You got to have that like right hand man in command. Like you got to have that. You have to have someone that like, if you're not present, who can they go to? I mean, think about like just everything at work. Like obviously like if Josh and Wade aren't available, I'm going to come to Gary. If Gary's not available, I'm going to come to somebody else. Like if someone needs something from me for digital marketing and I'm not available, they're going to go to like my manager or somebody else. Like they're going to, there are people who also know these things, but they may not know them to the extreme, but they're at least going to be like, Oh, I can guide you to this part. Or you can be like, Hey, watch this YouTube video. Like yeah. it's, it's that simple at this point. And like, what's nice is like, Training can come in all sorts of ways. It can be very hands-on. It could be like, here's some paper. Here's what you need to know. And then, then there could be like, hey, I've recorded some of these videos. Watch these. Absolutely. Like we've, we've done a lot of that as like, if someone's not available to talk in person or do that hands-on, it's like, hey, here's a video recording of me showing you how to do this. Absolutely. I love those because I can go back and rewatch it six times. If I don't get a certain part, I can be like, okay, I need to go back to this yeah. two minutes and 48 seconds because I still don't know what you're saying. And it's like, right. eventually it's like, oh, it's clicked. But, you know, that's, that's, 
a huge win There's a for lot me. Of different ways to do it. Yeah, and it's it's your preference on how you like to teach, but it's also how they like to learn. Um, I'm a very hands-on person, so if you're like, hey Danielle, go set up the podcast stuff, I'd be like, all right, show me once, got it. If you're like, here's a piece of paper with directions, I can figure it out. I can build my IKEA furniture, no problem. But <laughs> I, there might be a few, you know, That's like, great. what the heck is this? Why isn't this working? What do I do? What's Moments. The screw for? Yeah, like I'm done, and I'm like, I have 14 extra screws and a bolt. What do I do? Right. Like this doesn't make any sense. And Glue like, and duct tape worked well. Well, and I like the way you said that. So I think there's um a couple of things that I'll do here. One, I'm gonna leave you with like two or three tools that I've used to help yes. train. Okay. First and foremost, um my team and I usually try our very best to use some sort of communication tool. Um we've tried to use Slack on a on a few bases. Um it's free, you can use it. Um, especially if you're across ways or iMessage or some sort of like group texting. Mm -hmm. Another tool that I would recommend highly is using some sort of video training aspect. Yes. So if there's something that you're using, um, maybe it's a worship thing or video thing and you've, you've seen the training things that those, that company provides great assets and tutorials are fantastic. And then we've always done one, um, other little thing is we we always hold at least once or twice a year, we hold a a training session together. So we bring everybody together. We have a topic of what we're going to cover and then we talk about it and go through it and we do mock things. So I highly recommend that now shameless plug here as we begin to bring everything down for a closing Boxcast has actually just released a new thing called the Boxcast Academy, which is an important piece of training material that we're developing for you, the user. Yes. We really want you to become great broadcasters. And so we are working extremely hard to produce a ton of content that is focused around things like production, live streaming, tools and tips yeah i mean even how to use the box casters mm-hmm. how to use our dashboard those things that are key is like i may not have 15 minutes to show gary how to run through the dashboard but we've got a four minute video that can walk you through it just fine right, and like absolutely. that's a key that's a key thing you save time you might be like hey watch this video in advance to coming to this training so you have some tribal knowledge to start getting in there and then when you're in, I'll show you the nitty gritty and the right. tips and tricks. And if you go to boxcast.com and you click on learning, we have uh, we love to teach people how to yes. do things. We have a ton of resources available out there. Blog posts, our tech tips videos with Josh and Wade, the Boxcast Academy, any kind of support articles. And we, this podcast. And this podcast, yeah. And we cover a wide range of things, but not only that. We don't just focus on BoxCast alone. We do want to help you make you a better and great broadcaster. So please go check that out. uh, Academy.boxcast.com if you're looking to start that today. (laughs) Yes. And with that note, we hope that you take all of your training as that coaching perspective style and you don't ruin anyone's day by yelling at them. (laughs) And we hope you have happy streaming. And thanks for watching. Bye.